Stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, visit www.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, Hague for short, a housing group for older people run by old people. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Welcome to Raise the Roof on 3CR 855 on the AM dial. You're listening to Fiona. Um, This is the fortnightly Housing for the Aged Action Group radio show all about housing for older people. Um, We're recording this show on Monday, um, the 16th of March, so things may have changed. But right now, um, by the time this goes to air on Wednesday, who knows what could have happened. But right now we're putting some things in place about this flu pandemic, coronavirus pandemic, um, because we know that a lot of our members and our clients and volunteers and even staff members are um, in the more at-risk cohort. Um, So for any listeners out there that are wondering what we're doing, we're just going to give you a couple of small pieces of information. And the reason that I don't have any co-hosts in with me today is for the very reason that we're trying to reduce the amount of face-to-face contact that our older people are having um, with ourselves and with each other and with the public transport system. So it means that we will not be having people come into the office for a little bit. So the office will be closed to the public. Um, We will still be providing a service to people over the phone. And we encourage people to give us a call um, on 1300 765 178 if they want a chat. But we will be discouraging people from coming into the city um, and coming in to visit us. So that's a really sad, but that's what we want to do to be able to protect people from this virus. The other thing that we're doing is that we're going to be having less staff in the office, less workers in the office. We will be doing some working from home and we will have a skeleton staff. So things may take a little bit longer than usual, but we still will be here on board and we still will be trying to help as much as we can, but just not face to face. Um, We are also going to be assessing people over the phone um, and reducing the amount of face to face outreach that we do as well. So it means that there will be no meetings for a little while. Um, The retirement action group won't be meeting. Um, The the cultural diversity group won't be meeting. The peer educators won't be meeting. And we won't be having any general meetings for a little while. We're hoping things will get better, but that's the way it is right now. So if anyone has any concerns, they can call the office on 1300 765 178 and we um, we will tell you what to do and what we're doing to assist. So um, in the light of all of that, I have a little interview to play for you that I recorded earlier today with Ben um, about home care packages and getting services into the home and what they found from some research they did. So I'm going to go straight into that interview and then I'll catch up with you again after that. 
Okay, um, we're joined in the studio today by Ben, who's from the Consumer Policy Resource Centre. How are you going today, Ben? Yeah, good. Thanks, Fiona. And yeah. yourself? Oh, you know, it's crazy times we're living through. Crazy times. It is a bit crazy. So we got you in today to talk about um, your report called Choosing Care, um, the difficulties in navigating the home care package market. Um, that sounds like a bit of a strange topic, I guess, but for our listeners and a lot of our members and clients, um, trying to work out how to get home care packages is a real issue for people. Um, And so we were really interested in having you come in and talk to us about what you found in your research. So before we start, would you be able to tell me a little bit about the organisation that you work for, the Consumer Policy Resource Research Centre? Sure thing. Um, So the Consumer Policy Research Centre, we're a little not-for-profit, independent uh, consumer think tank. Um, so we're predominantly interested in problems that consumers encounter with you know, various uh, products and, and important services. Um, so we're looking a bit at um, things like electricity, at uh, home care, retirement villages, you know, to name a few few sectors we're looking at. Yep. And so our, our aim is really to deliver uh, consumer research with impact for fairer, safer, more inclusive markets. So when you're talking about markets, you're talking about how people buy stuff, yeah? Yeah, really, how they buy stuff, yeah. you know, products or... Or services, yeah. Yeah, so the service that you were focusing on for this report was home care packages, yeah? It was. Yeah, so um, so what, what was the report about exactly? Sure. Uh, so our, our research was really looking at how older Australians navigate the home care system or the home care market. Mm. Um, so you know, how, how do they access the system initially? How do they choose a provider? What information was important to them when they made a decision? Yeah. Um, what were the factors that they were uh, concerned with when they chose a provider? Yeah. Um, who might have helped them uh, make that choice. Um, and then we also asked about their views on potential changes to the home care market. Okay. Um, so who did you talk to? How did you, fi- how did you find these older Australians? So uh, the project is a collaborative partnership with the University of South Australia. Okay. Um, and uh, through that partnership, we uh, spoke to just over 500 older Australians with a home care package. Um, and that was through what's called a computer-assisted telephone interview. Um, so that's where uh, we called people um, over the phone, and if they were happy to participate, then then we uh, surveyed them. So it really reached um, people that often get missed by online surveys. Yeah. So it reached that kind of contingent of people who aren't necessarily online, not comfortable. And so we've got a good representative sample. And were they from all across Australia, or were they just in South Australia, or, or where were they from? They were from uh, all the major uh, state capitals. Okay. Uh, so not regional, but we got a good representative split across all the different capitals. Including Melbourne. Including Melbourne. Great. That's yeah. good to hear. Um, so I guess people may not be aware of what exactly home care packages are too because I think there's a perception still that um, you get a lot of your home care services from local government, that people can pop down to the local government office or the shire or whatever and, and get cleaning and personal care and shopping assistance, meals on wheels, that kind of thing. But the system's changed radically um, over the last few years. And, and at HAG, we've known that a lot of people have real trouble understanding how to access um, what home care used to be um, through local government, but now it's through a whole bunch of different people, for-profit and not-for-profit. So would you be able to tell us a little bit about what a home care package is, what the difference is to what it used to be, and, and, and what sort of providers there are, I guess, in the, in the market? Yeah, sure. Um, so home care packages being you know, the services that older Australians can access to help them live longer in their own homes, yeah, so to help you know, stop them... Or, you know, avoid moving into resi care. Moving into resi care. Yeah. 
Um, and so rather than being uh, delivered by one provider, um, you know, your, your council, um, it's now uh, a choice of many providers. Um, you know, if you do a quick search on on the on the website, you know, hundreds of com- uh, different providers come up. So it's it's a lot more um, providers in the market, uh, but that means there's a lot more choice for people and that has uh, consequences for um, the outcomes that people get, really. Um, and that choice was introduced to really... Uh, was intended to drive competition between providers um, to reduce costs and improve quality. Yeah. Um, and for older people, that was supposed to enable them to choose uh, services they prefer, uh, to help them organise services better, you know, so that services would come when it suits them rather yeah. than on the whim of a service. Um, I think um, the reality maybe has been a bit different to what it was intended. Yeah. Um, thinking about the lessons of behavioural economics, we know that when people face uh, complex decisions, often they make poor choices. Yeah. Um, and in, in home care, um, you know, people are accessing this service when they've, you know, typically uh, encountering ill health or a change in health or you know, reduced mobility, perhaps grief. Yeah. So it's a context in which uh, decisions are actually harder. For sure. Um and the bundling of services um, has also created problems. You know, are people making genuinely informed choices? So, um, so what, what does that mean when you say the bundling of services? What, what does that mean? Does that mean? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So that's really um, uh, rather than um, choosing uh, one service uh, from one provider, um, people are typically provided with uh, a choice of many services. So they might need help. Um, with uh, bandages, with meals, um, with mobility. Yep. And, and those different services are bundled into one choice. Um, and so the costs of those different services are then a bit more difficult to understand. Yeah, okay. um, how to access them becomes a bit more, or split them up becomes a bit more difficult. So you might say, I want to go to one person and that one person will do my shopping, my cleaning, come and help me with showering. Um, and you might not be able to tell that the shopping costs this much and the cleaning costs this much and that's confusing to people. Or, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So that's, that's pretty interesting because I don't know if people understand even that you could get separate services. Um, well, that's it. Yeah. And, and I think this bundling creates other problems where, you know, a provider delivers all these services um, and notionally someone's supposed to choose which ones work for them. But mm. if they're all bundled together, it, um, the case managers who help people, you know, uh, navigate this market are often within a provider, and that means that it can be difficult to separate out what services people want okay. and what they're receiving. So they might be getting case management as from the same person that's also doing their shopping and that's their cleaning, right? right. Yeah. And so that's a, is that a problem? It, it creates a potential for a conflict of interest. Yeah. Um, if a service uh, isn't meeting someone's uh, needs, you know, it isn't isn't quite working for them it may be difficult for them to choose a different uh, provider to deliver that particular part of the bundle of mm-hmm. services. Mm-hmm. And also, I guess, if someone had a complaint about their case manager, that could be something else. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, where's the independent uh, authority to kind of provide that um, support? Support. Yeah, for sure. So you guys are really interested in um, the marketplace, I guess, um, and what what makes what makes it easy. So I know you've done a bunch of work with the electricity um, area, which people probably know when when it can be quite hard to work out, you know, electricity companies, what's the best prices. And so there's been a bit of reform done in that space. So can you tell us about, in terms of an ideal world, what is the perfect kind of things to make 
to make it easy for people? Like, what would you like to see? What would be the things that you would like to see to make the market work in home care? Yeah, sure. Um, so CBRC's previously done some work looking at we, what we call the five preconditions and um, okay. that we think are required to help people make good decisions in, in different uh, complex markets. Um, so the first one, uh, we think uh, barriers to access need to be removed. So people um, who might have a, a language barrier, now they speak a different language at home other than English, um, they might not have uh, access to uh, the internet. Either they've got, they don't actually have the internet or they have uh, a limited ability to use the internet. Yeah. Uh, people with cognitive disabilities. So lots of barriers that people face accessing markets um, we think need to be addressed by policymakers and regulators, you know, yeah. rethinking how, to, how do you enable people to access a market. Yeah. The second thing, uh, our second precondition, uh, people need access to clear, comprehensible information. Mm-hmm. I mean, this sounds like a no-brainer, but if it's hard to access or difficult to make sense of information, then people can't make informed choices. So they might be getting a bunch of brochures in the mail yeah. and they all say different things. And the, 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 you know, the cost of things might be difficult to understand or... Um, what's included might be difficult to understand or unclear. Yeah, or maybe even the language of what people say. Someone might call it... The jargon, yep. yeah. because yep. I, I mean, in the housing area, we have people say affordable housing. We have people say social housing, community housing. All of these things mean different things to different people. Do you find that? Have you, was that what people were telling you with home care as well, that people had different understandings of what they were, what they were buying with their package? So our survey was uh, quantitative, um, okay. so we couldn't get to the nuance of, yeah, of that. Right. Yep. But we certainly got some great insights into what information people couldn't understand. Yep. Um, you know, we found, uh, I think, around a third um, didn't understand their, their fees and uh, prices that they were paying. A third? That's a lot. Which is crazy. I yep. mean, if you're supposed to be making an informed choice and you don't understand the cost of the thing, yep. how are you making that choice yep, um, in sure. a meaningful way? Yeah. Um, we found... Uh, you know, almost two in five people, so they didn't have a care plan. Okay. And so a care plan in, in home care um, is a, a document that helps uh, the older person essentially keep track of which services um, are coming on which days and how much they cost. Okay. So if you don't have that information, how are you working out what's going on? For you know? sure. And this is a legally uh, – companies have a legal obligation to provide this document, so we have some real concerns about whether they are yeah. or they aren't using it. But yeah. either way, it's not working for people. Okay. So what were the other preconditions you had? The other preconditions? Um, a third precondition is that comparison needs to be easy and low effort. Yeah. So if you think about how you choose you know, different tomatoes in the supermarket, it's pretty easy. You walk into the supermarket and yeah. they're all there. But how does that work when you have something like home care? You know, sure. where, where do you go and who helps you? compare the different providers yeah yeah um our fourth um precondition is around switching so if you if you're with a provider and uh they aren't it isn't working for you for some reason um it needs to be pretty easy to switch away to to go to a provider that that can provide a a better service yeah Um, so that needs uh means low fees um and it needs to be easy for people to work out how to how to switch from one to another okay so someone might be financially penalized for leaving their exactly. provider and you would say that would be a, like a bad, a disincentive for people to swap. Absolutely. So yeah. that, that exit fee exit or exit fee. cost yeah. um, often stops people switching and we think wherever possible they need to be removed really. Yeah. Um, and then our final precondition uh, is around awareness. So if people aren't aware that there's a system there, well, that's a problem to start with. Yeah. If people aren't aware where to go to find information, that's another problem that needs to be resolved. 
if they aren't aware how to compare providers or, or switch to different providers, um, wherever these pieces are missing, yeah, um, that's where markets start to break down. Yeah. And so where are people going to get their information? Like, what do, Is it word of mouth? Is it uh, the internet? Is it what is it? What is it? Posters down the street? How do people find out about this? So we we found uh, there's a heavy reliance on health professionals to provide information. So doctors, doctors, yeah. nurses, social workers. Um, our survey was not quite nuanced enough to capture who. Yeah, but health professionals overwhelmingly were uh, cited as being the main point of information. Uh-huh. I think forty six percent said they went to a health professional to help them uh, find information. So really key. Um, People went direct to service providers. About a third of our sample went to a, a service provider directly. Um, about a quarter went to the My Age Care call centre. Okay. Only a quarter. That's Only interesting. Quarter. And that's the person that on the end of the phone that can help you with this stuff. Yeah. So it's a Low awareness. Low of, awareness, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then by comparison, though, uh, you know, 6% went to the My Age Care website. Really? So, you know, this is the main, main medium through which uh, the government wants to communicate information to people and people aren't using it. You know, they're relying on people. So 94% of the people don't go to the website. Don't go to the website. <laughs> there you go. That's a big message, government. Are you listening? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, and it's not super surprising. You know, our, our uh, research found 44% of our sample wasn't confident using the internet. Yep. So it's maybe not the right place to be putting information or relying yep. on, you know. So, again, as we always say, face-to-face information face-to-face. is the most important. Absolutely. What about family and friends? Were people using family and friends? Family and friends, for sure. Yeah. Um, less, uh, less reliant on family and friends. Um, and, again, we're speculating, but it might be because people don't know about the system. Yeah. So uh, your family and friends are only as good as the information that they have. For sure. Um, but I think it's also that point at which people are making a choice is often a health-related context where – the doctor says, look, you need to get help at home. Yeah. And this is, you know, how they access the system. Yeah. So they might not be thinking that um, clearly anyway. Like you said earlier, it's a stressful time for people and it's hard. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's all very interesting. Um, it rings really true with what we're hearing as well because we have a service navigator project at HAG and that's trying to get people linked into my aged care system. And we're finding that people really, really need face-to-face and not just face-to-face um, in the office, but face to face in the homes, because sometimes even trying to get into the office is hard. So, yep, yeah, that's all. That research really rings true with our experience as well. Um, I guess as a housing organisation, we're particularly interested in older renters, and we know that there hasn't been that much research into the difference between the experiences of older renters versus older homeowners or older people that live in retirement villages. Um, But I know you guys did ask some questions about that. So did you find any differences in the experience of um, people according to where they live and their tenure? Yeah, we we did. Um, So I should say first up, uh, among our sample, about 10% were renting, either in private or public rentals, and about 6% were in retirement villages. So that's a reasonable representation yeah. in our sample. And honestly, hardly anyone ever asked that question, so we're really appreciative that you went to the effort of doing that. So thanks, thanks for that. Not at all. Um, and so we did find these, these key differences. Um, the renters reported they received three to five hours of care or support per week on average, yeah. which is higher than homeowners or those living in, in retirement villages um, who report one to two weeks, uh, one to two hours per week on okay. average. So that's qu- kind of interesting. It's not entirely clear why that might be. 
Um, among our sample, you know, a high proportion of renters received a level three or four package okay. um, compared to homeowners um, or those in retirement villages. So again, this is interesting. It's not entirely clear why. Um, and our, we did some further analysis of our demographics and we found about 96% of those renting uh, relied on the government pension compared to about 60% of homeowners and 50% of retirement village residents. Interesting. And so, look, we're, in, we're really inferring something here, but it, it suggests there might be a wealth effect where, yeah. you know, someone's wealth has a bearing on their overall well-being and their health. And is this creating disadvantage? Yeah. So what you're saying is that people that are living in rental need and are higher levels of care. Are and reporting may- higher levels yeah. of care and need of higher levels yeah. of care. So maybe that's because people that have more money can go elsewhere is that what you, it's hard to speculate but maybe we're speculating but it may be the case yeah 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 and quite a big difference in the number of people on the pension so 96 yes. percent on the pension in rental compared to 50 percent in retirement villages that's that's a significant it's pretty pretty difference. stark yeah, yeah yeah um what what other findings did you have according to tenure did you did you find anything else out uh, so we found with retirement village uh, respondents, they had a lower level of um, awareness about their level of package funding, which is another quite curious finding. So about 40% of retirement village respondents uh, said they didn't know what level of funding they had compared so, to homeowners at about a third who didn't know. So what, what do you mean by they didn't know what level they had? Or can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, sure. So... Uh, there are four different levels of home care package funding. Yeah. One being the lowest, where you typically have quite low level needs compared to four, which is quite high level needs. Yeah. Which may be, um, you know, bandaging or someone helping you get out of bed. You know, quite quite significant support required. Yeah. So if people don't know what level of package funding they need, they have, um, it's hard to. Again, we're speculating about what that means. Um, I, I suspect it means that they are at the lower end of the spectrum um, and. Um, have lower lower level needs, but it's 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 not clear what what might be causing this and yeah. why people might not have an understanding of their package funding. Okay, so do you think maybe retirement villages are incentivising people to get out before their needs increase? Look, we'd be speculating. We'd be speculating. <laughs> yeah. um, it's interesting that we we found uh, retirement village uh, recipients. Uh, retirement village uh, respondents were more likely to rely on information from retirement villages Ooh. or just you know rely on um, retirement village staff when making a choice about home care packages mm. compared to and, and far lower reliance on health professionals really which is again is um, interesting uh, we, you know we think it suggests people aren't maybe provided the full picture on what's going on yeah. and, and and the the nature of home care packages. Um, and this is where I think we, we see a real need for an independent navigator service yeah. uh, to help ensure people have a you know, more informed Inde- decision. Independence, yeah. So what are you asking the government to do about all this? So um, we have about 15 different recommendations in our report. Yeah. But I'll, um, you know, the key, key points really um, are that fees and prices and service information needs to be standardised and yep. simplified so that people can you know, more easily understand uh, their home care package and, and compare the different home care packages. Yep. And we, had, we saw real strong support from this, uh, for this uh, proposal. You know, about 88% of our samples said they, they wanted simpler, clearer information. Sure. And 82% um, said they wanted uh, fees and charges simplified. Yeah, so, you know, makes sense. It does. Yep. Uh, it's pretty <laughs> obvious stuff, really. Yeah. Um, 
we think better support for healthcare professionals and carers, along with uh, easier systems to connect old Australians to appropriate providers. Yeah. You know, we saw that real uh, reliance on uh, healthcare professionals. So I think support for that sector needs to be um, it needs to be there. Um, this is where people are getting their information. So health professionals need information to help them give the correct information too. And we're here, you know, some of the other submissions put to the Royal Commission suggests uh, the, the systems that connect um, doctors with uh, healthcare providers may not be super not effective, not, yeah. not great. So yeah. doctors are losing track of where their referrals are going and, and what clinical care is being provided. So we yeah. think that's really important, particularly since it's such a health-oriented service. Um, we think more transparency on the quality of different providers. Uh, and again, 80% of our sample wanted transparent information about the quality. Yeah. You know, this this is quality is, you know, the most important characteristic that our sample identified when choosing a provider. Yeah, you want to know if you're buying something good or not. Exactly. Yeah. Um, at the moment, you've got a, a breach a notification kind of metric that lets you know whether a provider's... Done something terrible. But not whether they're any good. Yeah. So we, need, we, we think there's a case for more kind of nuanced information to help people choose good providers. Yeah. And, you know, the Royal Commission's really picked up issues of, of quality more broadly. So I think it's, a, you know, clearly on the map. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, we uh, strongly support this idea for, for funding for a genuinely independent advice service. Yeah, um, we would support that too. Much like the Navigator type thing, yeah. um, someone independent. Um, and our sample, you know, 75% wanted a genuinely independent person or organisation to, to help them navigate their package and the, and the system. And, you know, 60% made a decision with assistance. So it's a the need for uh, genuinely independent advice is, is really is really clear. And really important. Yeah. 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 Yep. So what's coming up next for you and the Research Centre? Do you have any other work that might be relevant for our older people out there? Yes. Um, yeah, we do. Uh, we've got another project um, working, in fact, with HAG um, on uh, retirement villages and taking a similar approach of how do people navigate uh, that that market, which is as as you know, Fiona, pretty complicated. Yeah, few um, yep. few devils in the detail, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So that's uh, in partnership with HAG, with the University of Melbourne, with Coda Victoria, and the residents of Retirement Villages of Victoria. Yep. All of our mates, good mates. They're good eggs. Yep, they are. Um. We've got another collaborative project with La Trobe University, and this involves uh, twenty in, uh, qualitative interviews with rural and regional. Uh, regionally located older Australians exploring their experiences trying to get access to home care. Mm, that'd be interesting. So it's a real in-depth look at um, you know what limitations and, and what choice is actually available because we know that sometimes there aren't a choice of providers and, right. and things uh, are a bit different in, in um, rural and regional um, Australia. Yeah. Um, and so that will form uh, the basis of a secondary submission to the Royal Commission on Aged Care Quality and Safety for us. Yeah, good one. As part of this, uh, this report's our, our first submission. Um, and then we've got a third project on the cards looking at uh, the common experiences and themes across different complex markets. So we'll be trying to take the lessons from the in-home care research, from the retirement villages research, and from the kind of uh, complex services like electricity, like telco, yeah. uh, like superannuation. Yeah. Um, and, and draw out the key themes, uh, common experiences that people have navigating those or problems that they have navigating those different markets. Mm. And that's hopefully coming out in May. That sounds great. So, Ben, if people want to get more information, where would they go? Well, the first thing they can do is give us a call. Oh, um, good. You've got a phone. We awesome. do. We've got a phone. 
Um, our number is 96397600. Um, we've got a website uh, where all, we put our, all our reports and our um, submissions and, and briefs. Um, so that's cprc.org.au. Um, we're on the socials. Um, so on, on Twitter, that's at CPRC underscore research. Yep. And we've got a newsletter online, so I'd encourage anyone who wants to know more to sign up. Okay. That sounds great. We'll put all those details on the show notes for our on our show as well so people can have a look again. That'd be great. Thank so you. So thanks so much for coming in, Ben. It's been fascinating having a chat with you. Thanks for having um, me. No worries. And we'll chat again soon, hopefully. Absolutely. See you later. Cheers. To help stop the spread of viruses like flu and coronavirus, good hygiene is essential. That starts with washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Whenever you cough, sneeze or blow your nose, prepare food or eat, care for someone sick, touch your face or use the toilet. Together, we can help stop the spread and stay healthy. Visit health.gov.au to learn more. Authorised by the Australian Government, Canberra. A 3CR supporter. Wear your Radical Radio colours in one of 3CR's new T-shirts. The bright new design comes straight from this year's popular Radiothon poster designed by Aisha Tufa. T-shirts cost $30 to pick up or $37 with postage. So drop into the station at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. Call 9419 8377 to place your order. Or buy one online at 3cr.org.au shop. 3CR Radical Radio T-shirts. Get one now. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. I'm hoping we'll be back in the studio in a couple of weeks' time, but depending on how this whole virus thing plays out, we may need to be playing some repeat shows. But either way, stay safe out there and don't forget to give us a call um, and check in with us anytime you're concerned about anything. And, yeah, stay strong, people. Bye.